Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Well, it's great to be in church to worship God. This reminds me, this hot weather, 30 years ago I was preaching in Fiji. I had to wear a full suit to preach in because that's the way though, right? It was this hot or hotter with several thousand people. We worshiped for two hours. Then I preached for an hour and thought I was doing well. I was about to get off stage. The pastor says, no, 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 no. You've got to go for two hours. So I had to then get another sermon out and preach for another hour. They forgot to tell me that it was a two-hour preach, not a one-hour preach. Then we went and had some lunch. Then we came back and did it again. So we had eight hours in church and there was thousands of people and they just couldn't wait to worship Jesus. And I thought, wow, we're a bit soft sometimes. <laughs> but hey, it's so good to be in church. Troy, bless you, mate. When we were at Planet Shakers last week, I saw you kneeling out the front and the Holy Spirit said to me, as clear as a bell, and I gave this word to a couple other people last Sunday, but you are still down there in the overflow of Planet Shakers, that you're a magnet for Jesus. I, I, I saw you kneeling and it, it, the words just came. You're a magnet for Jesus. And the seeds you've sown, many of those people are going to get drawn. You've poured out thousands of seeds as a chaplain working with juveniles and blessing people, mission trips, but God says you're a magnet and there's many more people coming for the kingdom of God. Go for it. Go, go for it. And Tony and Sue went. Just wanted to encourage you guys. I just felt the Lord say, he's got your family. He's working by his spirit, all your extended family. You've seen some breakthroughs, but there's more coming. And I felt the Lord say, just keep your eyes on Jesus in your lives. Don't be overwhelmed by things that happen or don't happen. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and His blessing will overflow all of your family and all of your finances in Jesus' name. Father, you're so good. We just give you praise right now. Speak to us through your word. Thank you that you are the center of our lives and we love you, Jesus. Thank you for this great nation. Thank you for our hearts. Thank you that we can worship and adore you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. God is so good. I've been reading a book over while I've been on holidays about Jesus, the center of it all. And I read this story the other day that just absolutely gripped my heart. And I want to share it with you as I continue. I mentioned last week about Jesus being the center, but I, God just kept stirring me all week. A faint hue warmed the dreary prison cell to signal the start of another day. Rising from sleep, the inmate stood at attention by his bed, facing east. Then, as was his custom, Dmitri raised his hands, filled his lungs with air, and began singing his heart song to Jesus. Familiar with the routine, prisoners in cells nearby reacted promptly with curses and jeering. Others laughed, mocked, or banged metal cups against the iron bars of their cells in protest. Some flung food and even feces. But none of this deterred Dimitri. Prison might have separated him from other believers, surely the worst form of torture. But when Dimitri sang his heart song, the stench, cold and misery of prison life faded and he found himself in the sweet, beautiful presence of Jesus. There was another habit Dimitri had adopted to keep his faith alive during 17 long years behind bars. Anytime he found a scrap of paper in the prison, he stuck it 
back in, he snuck it back into his cell. Then using the stub of a pencil or a shard of charcoal, Dimitri wrote down all of the Bible passages and songs he could remember and stuck the piece of paper to a damp concrete pillar as a praise offering to God. If a guard spotted paper on the pillar of Dimitri's cell, beatings and death threats were sure to follow. But it was a price this prisoner was willing to pay to stay close to Jesus. On this particular day, Demetrius was overcome with joy when he received a special gift from God. As he wandered the prison yard, he came across a whole sheet of paper with a pencil lying beside it. Rushing back to his cell, Dimitri filled the precious page with every scripture, Bible story and song he could remember and stuck the entire sheet to the pillar. It was the greatest offering he had ever, ever given to Jesus from his tiny prison cage. On this occasion, Demetri received more than a beating. Guards came and detained him, then began dragging him away. They were taking him to the place of execution in the prison courtyard. But as he was dragged down the facility's central corridor, a most unusual thing happened. 1,500 hardened criminals stood at attention by their beds, facing east. They began to sing. The words and the tune were unmistakable. It was Dimitri's heart song, which they had heard sung every day at dawn for years on end. Praise filled the prison. It was the most beautiful sound Dimitri had heard in his life. These men risked their lives by singing, but they had to. They had been touched by the presence of Jesus in Dimitri. Terrified, Dimitri's jailers released their grip on him and stumbled back, backwards and said, Who are you? One of them demanded. Standing tall, Dimitri replied, I am a son of the living God and Jesus is his name. The guards returned Dimitri to his cell. Soon afterwards, he was released from prison and was reunited with his family. This true story, which took place in the USSR, began after Dimitri started a small house church. Communism had shut down so many places of worship and sent almost every pastor in prison until the nearest church was a three-day walk away. Beginning with just his wife and sons, Dimitri, who had no formal religious training, began teaching from their old family Bible. In time, singing and prayers were added to their sacred gatherings. Soon, neighbours heard about the meetings and asked to come too. When Dimitri was arrested, some 75 people were attending services, pressed cheek to cheek in Dimitri's home and even leaning in through the windows from outside. Dimitri discovered a powerful truth about the Christian life. He learned that believers can meet with Jesus anywhere in the world, in a house, in a church, even in the darkest of prisons, for the simple reason that Jesus is living inside of us. Wow. That melts my heart. When in the midst of terrible persecution he kept his eyes on Jesus so easy to get distracted so easy to get overwhelmed 
so easy to let other things take first place in our lives. But today I want to say Jesus has to be the centre of it all. Has to be the focus of our hearts and our lives as believers, as followers of Jesus. I want to pick up that verse, verse I started with last week, Colossians 1, verse 18. He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he's the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all of his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God. For he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Just stop and dwell on that for a moment. It says that before we met Jesus, we were in the shadows of life. We are in the shadows of sin, of guilt, of shame, of fear, of pain, of lies of the enemy. But when we come to Jesus, we come under the shadow of the Almighty that releases light and freedom and healing to our lives. And now God sees you and I not through the eyes of shame or guilt or sin. He sees you and I through the eyes of Jesus, righteous, healed, flawless, holy and restored. Wow, if that's the only thing you remember today, don't ever forget the truth of that. We look at ourselves and look at how far we've still got to go. And Jesus said, look, I've already gone all the way. I'm going to see you through that. Then it goes on. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. Some of us get shaken because of the pain and the, trauma of life and what's happening around our world but the Bible says don't be shaken from having Jesus at the center even when family members walk away or trusted friends seem to compromise don't back off like Dimitri he could have easily stopped singing his song because he got beaten nearly every time he did it but he had to stay with Jesus at the center of his life because that was his only hope that kept him alive and this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. I can even celebrate the sorrows I've experienced on your behalf. For as I join with you in your difficulties, it helps you to discover what lacks in your understanding of the sufferings Jesus Christ experienced for his body, the church. This is the very reason I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to his body so that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of God. This is a divine mystery, 
a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Verse 27, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labour with a tireless intensity with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Christ Jesus. That's Colossians 1. Jesus wants to be the centre of your life. Don't let fear rule. Don't let anxiety rob you. Don't let other people's opinions and pressures cause you to pull back. Come on, let's keep stepping up. I love that song we were singing. There's a lion inside of you. Come on, my soul. Don't be silent. Don't be silenced. Don't be ashamed. <coughs> God's stirring us so that in your life, in your family, we live 100% for Jesus. Through our humanity, through our personality, through our experiences, God's called us. What would Jesus do? We need to ask the question a lot more. Not would, what is the favoured Facebook posts or the agendas of whatever. Hey, come on, what would Jesus do? John 12, 20, 32 says, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. This is Jesus speaking. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus said, come on, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all people to me. Now that was done ultimately when Jesus was lifted up on the cross and paid the price for your sin and mine. But it's done also every day when you lift up Jesus by your words, by your Jesus song, by your praise in the midst of difficulty, by living out his nature and heart. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance and love. When you live out the fruit of the Spirit, that's the nature of Jesus and that's lifting Jesus up. It's not just by your words, it's your lifestyle, it's your generosity, it's your care for those, the poor and needy that others walk past, but you reach out and share a meal. You stop and smile to someone that you mightn't even know but you bring hope to their heart. And God calls us. And I remember the story of a Christmas Eve. This family were walking down the street and they'd prayed and said, God, we just want to touch and bring hope to someone at Christmas time. And I remember as a child in the family and there was this guy lying on the side of the road who was a beggar and a pauper and in an inner city. And the family walked right past him, but the child felt to stop and just smile at this guy. Didn't even say anything, just smiled. 
they kept walking and they were walking to church and when they walked into church they realized he'd followed them into church and he met Jesus at church that Christmas Eve and they said what happened he said I've been so hopeless in my life and in so much pain I knew it was Christmas and he said today I got up and said please said someone that will just smile to me today the adults walked past but the child heard and did what Jesus had asked and he gave his heart to Jesus just because a child smiled at this man who that was no one else knew but that was the cry of his heart you never know what Jesus can do. Ephesians 1.22 And he put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. There's so much in the Bible, but let me tell you, the focus is Jesus. Do you know the book of Revelation? Not many Christians read it because it just gets so confusing with all the end time trumpets and vials and judgments and do you know the first verse of that book says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ not the revelation of end times not the revelation of wrapping up a history yes that's part of it but it it says this is the revelation of and blessed are those who read it and apply it in their lives so I've started reading revelation again with the whole goal to see Jesus all the way through it. Not trying to work out who the mark of the beast is and who's, who's the Antichrist. My goal is to see Jesus in the book because that's what it was written for. You see how easily we can get sidetracked in Christian circles? We can go chasing after all sorts of things. But you've got to keep Jesus at the centre because when Jesus at the centre, everything else will find its right place. That's what I've found in life. Colossians 2 says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We study, we do courses, we learn all sorts of skills, and and that's awesome to keep growing and learning, because the day you stop growing and learning is the day you start to die. So keep growing and learning. But the best way to grow and learn in wisdom is to focus in and get to know Jesus. Read the Gospels over and over. I remember a a very powerful prophetic pastor I knew when I was younger. He used to read the Gospels every month for years. He'd do other Bible readings, but he was so consumed, he said, I've just got to know Jesus and see who he is. That was Pastor David Cartledge, as some of you know. And I want to encourage you, as we launch into this year, to make sure Jesus is at the center. Ask him for a fresh hunger for revelation. Philippians 3.10, Apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Hey, when you start to walk a journey closer to Jesus, guess what? He starts to take a hold of your life, 
And even though you try to, you get stumbled or you get tripped up or you look at other people, hey, when you open your heart to Jesus, he starts to get a hold of your life. And when he gets a hold of your life, it's in love, it's in power, it's in hope, and it's to release you for your destiny. Don't try and do it on your own. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online. Say, I haven't really started my faith journey yet. I'm not sure if I can trust Jesus. Hey, I want to say he's the only way. He's the truth and the life. And he's come to grab a hold of our hearts. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As Pastor Peter was sharing, sometimes to embrace the future, you've got to let go some things of the past. And sometimes even things that have been good, but it's now time to release that. There are times when friendships or relationships shift. Not talking about a marriage, it's a covenant before God. But there are times when it's time to move on and let go and embrace some new things. Even good things, it's time to move forward. And I believe today there's people here and it's a a decision day for you to embrace and move forward in trusting God. The goal is to know Jesus. And if I reach or hit the goal, I'll also get the prize. Sometimes people get the prize and the goal mixed up. If your goal is to win the race, if you focus on the goal and win the race, then you get the prize, whether it's the money or the trophy or the ribbon, whatever it is. But sometimes as Christians, we get the prize and the goal mixed up. We run after his peace instead of running after Jesus. If you get Jesus, you get peace and healing. Sometimes we chase after what we think is the prize when God says, Go for the goal and you'll get the prize as a result of reaching the goal. And I feel the Lord saying, hey, come on, make sure you're running after the goal, not just the rewards or the prize. Otherwise, you can get tripped up. Some people look for recognition. That's a prize. But if you go for recognition without Jesus at the centre, that can be very fleeting. One day, they're the champion. Next day, you're the has-been. They've moved on. To someone else. So it's not about fame. For some people, it's the results, the success. I've just got to finish this. Yes, have some purpose. Go for it. But make sure that the the prize is not what grabs you, but it's the goal of trusting and honouring Jesus with your life, surrendering to him. And you'll get success and favour. Marilyn and I, we've been amazed at the things God's opened up and the favour that's come on our lives. But There's been testing times where we put Jesus first when no one else was looking around. Sometimes for months or years you make choices that you don't see the fruit of for a long time. But that's when you you keep your eyes on the goal, not the prize. Heaven is our destination, but that's the prize. The goal is to know Jesus and you'll get the prize at the end. And Apostle Paul got a hold of this. God demands fruitfulness, but it flows out of relationship with Jesus. Serve the Lord with gladness. Do you know Jesus is someone to know, not just to be studied? He's not a textbook. Our Christian life journey is not about what I achieve, 
but about who I follow. Follow me. And sometimes the relationships can be our prize. I just want to have friendship with that one and I want to hold on to this relationship. Give your heart to the Lord and relationships with people will come into right order. Love God with all your heart. Listen to what Jesus said in Philippians 2.5. In your relationships with one another, what did he say? He said, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow <coughs> in heaven, on earth and under the earth, and every tongue can acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Hey, when we look around and we see powerful forces at work in this world, don't be fooled. Jesus is still the creator and Lord of all. And some things have got to outplay in life, but let me tell you, Jesus is still in charge. Don't let fear grip your heart of what's happening in the Middle East or around the world or in our nation, the competing forces and agendas. Let me tell you, Jesus is still much greater and you need to keep your eyes on him and then live out. And there are times when God says, come on, I want you to speak up. I want you to, to confront that injustice and that evil. There are times to speak up and be involved and do stuff, but make sure your eyes are on Jesus the whole time. Otherwise, you'll end up getting sidetracked in this journey of life. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. The goal of Christianity is to know Jesus, but it's to know the Father through Jesus. And I remember years ago, God spoke and says, make sure you preach the whole gospel. Don't just preach that Jesus is Saviour and the way through life. He says, the reason you come to Jesus is so that then you can get to know the Father God. That's the whole gospel. And that's what God does. I remember hearing a story of, uh, it probably happened during COVID, when a lot of people were working from home, and his dad, he was really had a responsible job and he's doing stuff and one of the kids was sick and uh, about a 10-year-old boy and every few minutes dad would be getting into something and then the boy would go, I'm bored. So he kept giving him stuff and, and then the, the dad had a great idea. He says, I know, I've got this jigsaw puzzle of the whole world. It's all the countries. He said, he's 10, he won't know where all the countries fit. This is going to take him hours to get it sorted. About 15 minutes later, the kid comes and says, Dad, I'm finished. Dad says, no way. How could you put all that there? There was, you know, one of those with about a thousand pieces in it. And the little boy said, it's easy, Dad. As I was sorting them out, I turned some of the pieces and I realised there was, there were parts of a face, a picture. And he said, as I started to do it on the other side, I realised it was the picture of Jesus. So when I got Jesus in the right place, the whole world was in its right place. 
<laughs> Smart kid. The book of Acts tells the story of the early church spreading the good news about Jesus throughout the hostile Roman Empire and facing many hardships as they did. In one account we see Peter and John releasing healing to a crippled man and then delivering a powerful sermon about the healing. They were called in by the religious leaders. So Acts 4.8 says, Then Peter, filled the Holy Spirit, said them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to, to Account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Let me tell you, when you hang out with Jesus, when you love him and worship him and get to know him through his word and his spirit, let me tell you, you will rise way above worldly education the schemes of humanity, because the presence of Jesus grabs their heart. I had the privilege of doing a wedding here yesterday at church with about 25 people and people sort of on the edge of church and uh, one of the ladies comes and this lovely couple that were here and they're getting married in about three months, not Christians, but lovely people. They said, you know, we've been to a lot of weddings and I've noticed that every time it's a Christian wedding... It's totally different. She said, there's substance and meaning. And I understand the power of it. And I looked at her and said, that's because God created marriage. And he created male and female to function in his purpose and plan. And she was looking at me and saying, that's true. And uh, so I just sowed some seeds of God's love with them. See, that's lifting up Jesus even in marriage. Because I can see the difference. Like she, she was captivated by it. I'm praying. They're going overseas. They work for the government and uh, be overseas for three years. I'm praying they're going to meet people and come to Christ because they could see something different. So you, you lift up Jesus just by doing life. The way you treat one another in business and, and the integrity that you show, the respect and kindness you show. So these religious leaders, they said, hey, these guys have been with Jesus. Being Jesus is what the Christian life is all about. Whether we're just starting out as new believers or carrying out great exploits for the kingdom of God or going through a difficult time of trials and burdens, being with Jesus is what we need the most. The Holy Spirit is our helper to make the love and power of Jesus real in our daily lives. And that's what we need to know. Say, so, well, Jesus, he was here and now he's in heaven. Hey, the Holy Spirit's here to lift up Jesus. He's our helper that's why we pray in the Spirit. That's why we are moved by the Holy Spirit and obey and respond. The glory of God is a common Christian phrase, but it's sometimes a very difficult concept to understand. It means weight or heaviness and suggests ideas of reverence, respect and worth. The English language doesn't really do it justice. Fortunately, Jesus provides us with an insight 
to understand the glory of God. According to the book of Hebrews, Jesus himself is the radiance of God's glory. Listen to these beautiful verses in Hebrews 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. Verse 3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. just want to read those verses in the Passion and the worship team, come on up. And we'll pick this up again next time I'm sharing because there's so much. But I just want to read this verse in the Passion. Then we're going to take a moment to pray and... I know you're not in a hurry to get back out into that hot, but we're going to read this in the Passion, then we're going to stop and pray. Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment of it at a time, building one truth upon another. But to us, living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son, the appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama of all things and all time. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact represent expression of God's true nature, the, the, his mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word, he accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. You say, what's God like? Look at Jesus. He's the exact representation. When we see how Jesus healed the brokenhearted, he set the captives free, he healed lives, he raised the dead, he gave hope. He challenged hypocrisy and religion. He challenged greed and selfishness. He gave hope that no matter whether you're born into a blessed, prosperous family or a, a broken, torn, racially infused background, he brought hope that Jesus can change your lives. Let's stand in his presence today. I want you to think about Dimitri. Thankfully, none of us have had to go through the terrible challenge he did in the USSR when communism was so opposed to Christianity. Millions of people were martyrs for their faith. We mightn't be in that prison cell, but wherever we are, I want to say, hey, the challenges from Dimitri's life, make sure Jesus is first in your life. Your decisions, your choices, the use of your gifts and talents, the opportunities God's given us, the calling of Jesus over our lives to passionately serve Him. Oh, I just feel His love calling us today. Calling us today because He is Lord. He wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to be close and passionate so you can have a heart song to Jesus every day.
Let's just bow our heads for a moment, close our eyes. I just want to ask you the question, do you know this amazing Jesus? Are you living with him at the center of your life? Maybe, maybe you once did, but stuff's happened, but now God's calling you back. He loves you very, very much. Maybe you're watching online today and God's speaking to your heart. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, I want you to be the center of my life. If you've never opened your heart to Jesus or it's time to reaffirm your faith, right now, just give me a wave because I want to pray for you. There's your first time. Just lift your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. I want to come to Jesus or come back to him. Who's that today? Spirit of God's tugging at hearts. He loves you very, very much. I can feel his love just drawing hearts right now. Who's that today? Down the back, over the sides. He loves you very, very much. There are many believers here that have just been touched and challenged to let Jesus be the center of our lives, maybe in a fresh way. I'd like to pray a prayer of blessing over us today. And if that's you saying, Jesus, I just want you to be the center of my life. Just invite you to reach your hands out in front of you as a surrender. It's just giving your life. So, Jesus, you're the center of my life. Just invite you to do that. And maybe you need to let go of something, an expectation or a pressure. Or you're just saying, Jesus, I surrender. I surrender who I am to you today. Father, I just pray right now across this beautiful congregation of people, Lord, you're just so real and close to every heart. Lord, and we just make this beautiful surrender to your Lordship. Lord, we just ask you to be Lord of our lives. We just ask you to be the center of our lives. Lord, we surrender to you. Holy Spirit, take our lives and use them to shine for you in our community, in our families, in our lives. Lord, forgive us for when we've been distracted. Lord, when we've been captivated by other people's opinions or words. Lord, when we've been upset or hurt or wounded or persecuted, Lord, we surrender to you and say, Jesus, you're the centre of our lives. You're the centre. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.